Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. I'm Alex Sullivan, and I'm delighted to have you at my kitchen table. Today, I have Vicki Merwin with me, who is on the Board of Trustees for New Canaan's new and improved library. What I am most excited about this new space is that people are back together in person and off their phones. This isn't just a library, it's a community center, and it's a great example of mixing the old with the new and creating a space, especially for our kids, that we can all appreciate. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Vicki. Thank you for joining me on Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. Hi. Thanks for having me, Alex. Um, I'm excited to talk about our new library today here in town in New Canaan, but I thought we could kick it off with just you giving a update about who you are, how you wound up in New Canaan, and then also how you wound up getting involved with our new library here in town. Sure. Thanks. Um, so it's probably not all dissimilar for, from how you ended up in New Canaan. Um, we, you know, started a family in the city and when it was time to, you know, move out and get a house, um, New Canaan was definitely one of the towns at the top of our list. And, you know, long story short, we found, you know, our perfect home here. Um, and there's been no turning back. We, we love this town um, tremendously. Um, I, you know, it's, I couldn't have expected any more um, from a community than, than we found here. And so um, that's kind of how we ended up in New Canaan and um, how I got involved with the library is actually, I mean, aside from just being a very common patron of the library since day one, since I moved here, I mean, I think a lot of other newcomers can probably relate that, you know, when you get to a town where you don't really know anybody and, you know, you're not from Connecticut or the area, um, you kind of wind up at the library quite often when you have little kids. And so it's always kind of been a home away from home for me. And I know many others um, from day one. And I got really involved with it, I'd say, through um, my work with the Newcomers Club. And it just so happened that, um, you know, when they were beginning to fundraise for the capital campaign for this new library, kind of coincided with applying for a grant from the Holiday House Tour that the Newcomers Club puts on, which I know you're very familiar with. Yes, that so, was how I jumped into this town yes, through that tour. Yeah, I remember. And so, you know, I was really, I was lucky enough to see a presentation or two, um, you know, back in 2019, even about the new library. And, you know, from the jump, when I first saw that first presentation about what the plans were for this library, um, you know, I was really, really moved. Um, you know, just knowing everything that the library means to this town, all the potential, but also recognizing the, the need that we had. Um, I was just so excited and kind of jumped right in and let them know I was here to help in any way that I could. And so, um, you know, fast forward a little bit, they, um, I was asked to join the board of trustees last year. Um, that was a great honor. It's a really exciting time at the library and that's, that's where I am now. So I have a question about that because you and I, we both grew up on Long Island mm -hmm. um, and we were kids around similar times. And I have to be honest, I was not a big library goer. Um, it wasn't like part of my childhood. I mean, not that, you know, obviously my kids, my parents raised me to be inquisitive and, and read and stuff, but you and I grew up in the era of like computers and internet and that kind of changed the way we interacted with books, changed the way we researched when we had school projects. Um, and it was kind of a weird time because 
we were kind of the first era to do that. I mean, my husband, who's only a couple of years or whatever, he's six, seven years older than me, he still went to the library all the time when he did research papers and things like that. But our we were kind of that transition age. So, you know, how do you think that your kids use the library more than you did as a kid? Because we're trying to kind of go back we see the value in kind of going and touching the books and feeling the books and being there um, because, you know, almost we didn't do that because technology was so exciting when we were growing up and now we see the value in giving that to our kids. Or, you know, how, how, how do you, as like a millennial mom, how, how does that kind of fit all together for you? Sure. So, yeah, I, I agree. I had a similar experience. I mean, growing up, I only went to our public library as a little kid to just pick out books here and there. I don't think I ever attended a program at our library growing up. Um, and then thereafter, I mean, it, it was minimal. Um, it just, it wasn't a part of kind of the fabric of, of my childhood, sadly. Um, so my kids absolutely go to our library. I mean, tenfold more than, than I ever did. And, um, you know, I think it's a couple of things. One is I think that um, well, especially with this new building, but there's just so much more thoughtful programming that's offered by, um, you know, the New Canaan Library and, and many other libraries that it, it draws people in and people want to come to story time. People want to come to, um, you know, book clubs. They want to come to all the programs that are going on, whether it's related to math or writing workshops and things like that. Um, so there's just a lot more to do at libraries, but also, um, you know, I think libraries and the New Canaan Library, we've really embraced technology. Um, so, you know, there are, are, there are a lot of thoughtful ways that you can access, um, you know, different programming tools or use the Maker Lab um, or, you know, leverage our librarians to help you, you know, as a student, um, sift through all of the different kind of um, you know, access points of tech, of information, whether it be through the web or different. Um, I'm sure there are research programs that you and I aren't even familiar with um, that our what librarians is, are. What is the Maker Lab? Sorry, just uh, I had never heard of that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so the Maker Lab is something new in the new building. And if you go um, in the mezzanine level uh, behind the fireplace, there's a room and it is filled with um, STEAM and STEM activities. So in there is the 3D printer, um, the cricket machines, um, anything that's kind of technology related, we have just a host of um, machines and a dedicated librarian to walk everybody through. And there are different um, classes to teach you the basics. Um, actually, my son, who's in third grade, has already had um, a scheduled time with Laura, the librarian in there, um, where she just sat with him and they designed a little red football and printed it out on the 3d printer so he's already had his like tutorial from from start to end about how to use a 3d printer so That's it awesome. really opens the door um for for our children to have these very real hands-on experiences with um technology that like you most likely are not going to keep in your home right so who decided that there was a need for this? Like, I feel like our high school has unbelievable opportunities for kids to kind of take advantage of technologies and things like that. And um, the the children's library, you know, the old one was great. I would bring my, you know, three, four-year-old to read Flag Eye and, you know, take out little books. So when you were first presented with the project, like what was the overarching message? Why did the town need it? What was kind of the thing that hooked you into saying, this is, we need this, this is important? 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot of things. Um, so first of all, there, there just wasn't enough room in the old library. Um, and that building was honestly falling apart. Um, it could not, it could not service our community the way it needed to and the way that, you know, we all deserve honestly. Um, and have the potential for. So, you know, just from a structural point of view, like the, every other library in every other town around us had been updated. The New Canaan Library hadn't been touched since 1979. And I think if you did spend a lot of time there, you would you would feel that. I mean, I can't tell you how many classes had been canceled because it had rained the day before and there were leaks everywhere. Um, so that's one thing. And then we just couldn't fit appropriate programming. For example, in the children's room, there was that one program room. And, you know, if you had one class going there, you couldn't offer another class for another age group or another subject. And now in the new library, there are three different program rooms in the children's room, which is now three times the size as it used to be. Um, I know for sure when I went into the old library, I never felt like I had a place to sit. It was just so small. Um, so that's another thing. And, and, and to be honest, I also felt a little bit confused about outside of the children's room, like what else was in there? You know, it was really hard to find your way around. Um, I think the new library is just much more user-friendly, welcoming. Um, it's easy to find, um, you know, where to go to have, you know, a, a meeting room or your quiet workstation and, um, and, and librarians are just easily, more easily accessible and, and, and able to be found. Um, but really, this town was just overdue. It was overdue. And, um, you know, we couldn't host, for example, authors, you know, reputable, good authors to come for, for talks, because where were we going to put them? You know, um, if you remember, there was that basement room um, that had some pr pretty sad programs in, you know, that has no windows, it's musty. Um, but now we have this beautiful auditorium in the Jim and Dee Dee Bartlett Auditorium that will fit up to, you know, 300 people, I think. And it's filled with sun. It has the teach-in kitchen. Some of the most popular programs in the old library were some of the cooking classes that we could offer to both adults and teens. Um, and, you know, we just couldn't fit very many people. And so there was constant, every, every program was constantly waitlisted. I don't know if you ever noticed that with the kids stuff, but yes, um, yes. there just was not enough room to do the things we wanted to do. And so now we have that space and it's, it's thoughtful and it's functional and the possibilities are really just endless. I could see. I feel like libraries need a word makeover almost because when I, when I think of a library, it's like, Oh, a place where you find old books and, you know, talk to a librarian or whatever. But what we have now feels like a community center. I mean, what you're describing yeah. feels like a community center. Um, and that is just, you know, I love that for our community because you see people that you wouldn't necessarily see on an everyday basis just by going to the library or for these programs that you're talking about, if they bring in an author and you attend and you see someone else, you're like, oh, I didn't know you left this out. You know, it's just such a nice way to bring people together um, over a bunch of different things. And that's what I love about this new library. You walk in and you feel like there's this whole community around you versus, you know, a library, right? right. It's, it's a yeah. different feeling. I think you hit the nail on the head. That's like, when people think of libraries now, they're they're not just repositories for books. They they really are community centers. And 
New Canaan is super lucky that our library happens to be right in the heart of our downtown. And so when you talk about people coming together, um, it's already happening and it's going to be even better when the green is out there and we have some outdoor space um, for people to come together on as well. Um, I mean, I know opening week was, it was, I mean, the excitement was just palpable um, and you already saw um, everyone coming together and assembling, you know, and gathering at the library when school was out middle schoolers and high schoolers and, you know, all of our teens were coming to the new library. I mean, that place was packed. Um, the teen library was, was, was full. Every single study desk um, along outside the library or the teen library was filled and taken. Um, there was a group of teenagers who already picked up all their snacks from town and took it out onto the roof terrace and was hanging out. And that's exactly what the vision was. Okay. So I am so glad you brought up teenagers because I have been thinking about this and, you know, a really important part of my life and almost also like why I started this podcast and things is, you know, we have teens that are not feeling good these days, right? There's just, you know, mental health crisis and the past three years have been crazy. Um, and I was thinking about the library and I was thinking about how, you know, that can help our kids. And while programming is great and important, I was thinking about my time in college and when I would go to the library. And honestly, the New Canaan library looks like a college library, like in the extent that it's huge and all the places everyone can work together. And, you know, I, I did math and theater in college. So the need to go like take out a book was not, you know, I was either breaking down a Shakespeare sonnet or I was doing a math you know, uh, sheet or whatever. Um, but I went to the library and okay, this is nerdy, but I went to flirt. Like you, we went to the library in college to see other people, to like see your friends. You had to study, you had to do your stuff, but like you wanted that interaction with people. And sometimes your crush would be sitting there doing his thing. And, you know, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to pull up over here and, you know, write some essays or whatever. And, you know, I, I feel like teens today, they're always on their phones. They're always on social media. They're always interacting that way. And we need to create a space to kind of push them to interact again together and interact in person and have it be natural and have it not be the adults trying to make it happen. And so I, when I walked into the library the first time, I was like, man, this could be something that could really, you know, push kids in that direction without us having to push them forward, you know, by us doing it. Um, and so I'm so glad that you said that teens were already there on the first day because that's, I mean, that's how we get kids to interact again in person and see each other and talk to each other and you know, bond over things that they may not necessarily have been bonding over and learn how to make that awkward eye contact again. And, you know, I mean, what do yeah. you, I, do, am I sounding ridiculous or does that? No. no. And I think, you know, like you said, it's something that you can't really force. You can't create a program or a class to get kids off their phone. What you can do and what we did was give the community this huge space, this really attractive space that teens would want to come to, to hang out. And it just so happens that they're surrounded by books and magazines and computers and access to the STEM lab and, and all those things and access to the rooftop to look over their amazing town. I mean, the teen library has the best view yeah. um, if you ever looked out of their windows. 
um, while at the same time keeping them safe. I mean, right. the library is thoughtfully designed with lots of glass walls. So, you know, librarians can keep an eye on what's going on yeah. basically from anywhere within the building. So I think everyone can feel good about like their teens hanging out at the library and it's, right. it's, it's great for them. I completely agree. And that was a, a huge thought. Um, and when I thought about why I wanted this library so much, I thought about my kids growing up and enjoying every single stage of life in it and how it's going to impact them. Not only right now as, you know, preschoolers and elementary kids, but when they are preteens and teens, there are spaces for them right. to come to. They don't just have to go into town and hang out the gas station or cause trouble outside of gophers anymore. <laughs> right? they'll, they'll have a place to go where they are welcome and it, they can easily interact with each other. Right. And I love that. And I was also thinking about, you know, study groups and group work and things like that that need to come back and having that space to be able to be like, mom, you know, I, I got to do this with three other kids. Can you drop me at the library? Yep. It's just a great opportunity for them to have. Kids were um, doing that in the old library, but there was just not enough space. No space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, yes. Um, okay. So the kind of next thing I want to talk about is there's old things that we love from the library. Like I, when I first walked around in the new library, my heart like fluttered when I saw um, from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basilie Frankweiler. I don't know if you ever read that book as a kid, but it was like on display. You could tell it had been read a hundred times. You know, when you just see an older book that you're like, oh, this has been like, this is a good book because it's been read a million times. And I was thinking there's such an important part of the library. Like the new stuff is great. The new programming, the, the, you know, the new technology and all that. But we do need to hang on to the past of the library as well because there is something about knowing a book is going to be good based on how worn down it looks, right? Like there are aspects of old libraries that I want to make sure that my kids appreciate and stick to as well. So, you know, have you guys thought about, you know, the classics and things like that and how to make sure those are still on display and, and for kids to reach towards, you know, the new fun stuff is great, but Harry Potter is Harry Potter for a reason, right? So, you know, how, how, how has that kind of worked about in, in the library? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of a classics kind of children's book, um, you know, mom myself. So there's always been um, the, the children's classics collection, which if you remember when you walk into the old children's room in the old library, it was in that little hallway that enters into the, the library. I don't know exactly where it's displayed right now. I'm trying to like, I, ha I haven't pictured, you know, exactly nailed down where the classics section is, but there I'm sure we've maintained the section devoted to, to classic children's literature. And I think those books are so important. Um, so that will be maintained for sure. Um, I mean, as far as what's old and what's new, I think one of the best things is the new shelving in the library and how it's easily accessible to all the kids and they can flip through and look at the covers and the pictures and, and pick out and explore books on their own as opposed to being spying out, which is a really hard way to um, you know, explore books. Um, and, you know, as other things that are kind of we're talking about the old versus new, what, what's the what's the great thing about what was always at the library that will continue to be at the library? Um, it, it comes down to the staff and the people and our librarians and, you know, to focus on the family services team in the children's room. 
are so outstanding. I mean, if you went in there and just said to Rebecca or Marie, like, I'm interested in, you know, some classic children's books, they will give you a recommendation for about 30. And by the way, there's a form on the new website that you can fill out and they will like pre like pull all the books for you and you can just go pick them up. Um, but just the level of support and professionalism and care coming from each and every librarian and employee that we have at the library is just is is beyond. And we are all so lucky and appreciative um, to have them. And so I think um, that's that's the biggest thing that comes to mind for me as to what, you know, we'll take forward. So are the librarians, this is me being very dumb about this topic, but are the librarians the people who um, decide how the display looks or is there a committee that does that? Is there like, you know, how, how does that work? How does that work? It's the librarians. <laughs> the librarians. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And the, and are there committees that help the library? Like, are there committees that do programming, that do technology, that do, you know, I, I don't know, you know, you tell me all of the different types of things, but are there committees or is this strictly run like by the library? I mean, that's a huge job. Yeah, it's it's by the librarians. I mean, they're okay. it's their job. They are extremely thoughtful about it. I mean, they know what books are in the library inside and out. Gotcha. So they and and all the so what if you're like, oh, I want to bring an author to New Canaan, you just recommend it to the librarian, and then they'll like help set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It just wow. That's that's a big job. <laughs> I mean, it is. And that's a huge awesome. job. Yeah. It's, it's a big job. Um, I mean, as far as other committees that exist in the library for community members to be involved in, there's, yeah. um, a lot of that goes around um, fundraising. So okay. you know, one thing that I think is just so important for everybody in New Canaan to understand, which I think is part of um, my motivation for getting more involved, um, is that the, the library is not a municipal library. It's called an association library, and it's a public-private partnership. So we're actually a 501 C3 nonprofit, um, not managed by the town, not fully funded by the town. So it's actually managed the building. Everything is owned by the trustees and not the town. So what that means is that um, we receive a grant from New Canaan, from the government, that covers about 75% of the operating cost of the library. Um, It's extremely generous. It's, you know, beyond grateful for it. But that does not fully fund our library that covers, and you can look at this on the website too, but the money that we get from the town really covers a lot of the operating expenses, so salaries, maintenance, um, technology. And what's left over is what everyone kind of thinks of when they go to the library, the programming, the books, right? Everything's like that. (laughs) And we rely so heavily on donations from the community. So there's the annual fund, um, which is just it's, it's our fun, right? Where all the money comes from to pay for this. Um, there's Lit Lunch, which is the biggest fundraiser that we have going on every year. And then other fundraisers throughout the year. So, um, you know, the, again, the biggest thing I just want to impress on people is that, um, you know, coming from New York City, we all are used to municipal libraries that are fully funded by the town. And, and we're not one of those. So, um, you know, one committee that, that we have is one that I started last year, which is the Family Services Development Committee. And basically, our, our mission is twofold. One is just to increase awareness and engagement among families in New Canaan with the library, um, trying to just publicize what's going on, what we're doing, but also like we're doing right now, just kind of get the word out that like, hey, like, 
everything that you love about the library, like if, if you would be willing to pay an extra $100 on your taxes every year, like maybe just think about giving to the annual fund. Um, and then also we're, we plan actual fundraisers throughout the year. So you may have noticed Pumpkin Fest that happens around Halloween time. We have another fundraiser coming up called the Teddy Bear Sleepover, which is going to be extremely cute and hilarious. That's an April Fool's theme. Um, <laughs> so, so these are, you know, fundraisers. So you pay to enter, but it's we need all this money so that we can put on free programming, which is what the mission of the library is. Um, and so that's one committee that, you know, right now it's me and, and four lovely library loving ladies, Lizzie Davis, Mary Anderson, Catherine Leach, and Beth Torrenzano. And if anybody else is interested in getting involved, like definitely reach out to me. Um, yeah, that was then, what I was going to ask. Like if you yeah. want to get involved in the library, uh, however you can or want, like it, who's the best person to reach out to? Is there a website or, you know, how does that work? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say you could obviously reach out to me, but any, if you just walk into the library and ask the first employee you see, they will for sure get you, you know, an email or take your email address and get it to the right person. Um, okay. so, so I always just refer people to like whatever librarian they're most comfortable with. Yeah. And, and I assure you the, the message comes through. Um, so there's that. And, and, you know, we, we're, we're trying our best to, again, like raise money specifically for the children's room, but also for the annual fund. There's the Lit Lunch Committee. So every year Lit Lunch happens. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but basically we bring in a- Yeah, I attended last yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. So yeah. bring in, you know, a best-selling author for, for um, a lecture and luncheon. And, and that's a, a big part of um, what, what funds the library as well. So there's a wonderful committee of men and women in New Canaan who, you know, crush it every single year and put on an amazing event. And that's a really fun way to be involved. Um, and then the other thing too, there, if anyone has kids, you know, that are, you know, mostly like middle school or high school age that want to be involved in, and volunteer with the library, there is a kind of roster of library volunteers um, that, you know, we kind of, the librarians keep and reach out to from time to time to help with um, whether it be any of these fundraising events or just other programs or anything here and there, um, that exists as well. So I would definitely encourage any parent who has a kid who wants to get more involved in supporting the library to let um, one of the librarians know, and they'd be happy to add them to that list. That's great. That's, that's, I love that. That's great. Um, well, I mean, again, this all, this is why I wanted to talk about this because I think it's a great new part, I mean, new old part of our town and um, such a nice evolution from old library to community center library that we have now. And thank you for all your work on it and everyone else who's been working on it and because my kids are loving it and mm -hmm. I'm excited for them to kind of grow up going and experiencing all the di different levels as they get older. Um, so I'm going to end now with my favorite question, which is what is your favorite family tradition and why? Um, let's see. Well, I feel like fresh in my head since we just got back from vacation uh, is probably one that's relatively young in my family, which is just like our annual ski trip out west. Uh, it's something that I did as a kid as well. Um, but it's it's something that, and even my daughter said, like, we all love it and we all look forward to it and enjoy it. Um, I think we'll be doing it for years to come, hopefully. And the kind of cherry on top is that my family all lives out in um, Colorado. So we get some extra family time as Aww. well with, you know, cousins and um, grandma and aunts and uncles that we don't typically get to see often. So 
And are you skiers or snowboarders? I actually do both, but I'm reverting back to skiing because it's just a lot easier. Because you're a classics girl. That's (laughs) why. (laughs) It's it's just a lot easier when everybody else is skiing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And as we get older. um, (laughs) Yeah. It's not as fun strapping into that board off the chairlift when you're you're the age I am. (laughs) Um, Well, Vicky, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And again, thank you for all your hard work and hopefully I'll see you in person soon at the library. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the chance to, you know, talk more about the library and and, um, everything that you're doing. So good luck with this. I look forward to hearing more of your podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Vicky. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye.